Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I'm your host, Tyler. And I'm your wildly prepared co-host, Till. RWD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and plug our microphones Scream into the void. for joy! Uh, various aspects of D&D. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD podcast or follow us on Instagram at RWD underscore podcast. I'm assuming there's still memes. Memes for days. <laughs> You're excited. Why are you excited? Uh, I uh, I went through and I dug up my dungeon jail. Oh, a dice jail that, that I, I made ages ago. For a long time. Uh, and so far, every time I've rolled the die that was in it, it's rolled a one. So how, ap- how appropriate. So I think it's gotten mad at me for letting us sit in jail for, you know, 14 months or whatever. What is the occasion that you're bringing it out for? I don't know. I just thought it'd be a good idea. Really. Oh, that's good. That's just, smart. Yeah. Just, yeah. No, we're playing D and D tomorrow. That's that's the rumor. That's the, I don't you know. We'll, we'll see. We're all actually happens. We're all deeply vaccinated. Uh, you know, both shots. Plenty of time has passed. This is. We're all going to try. We're going to try playing Dungeons and or Dragons in person tomorrow. I have expectations. Be they high or low, I don't know. Are but, they perversely sexual? But uh, no, no, very little sexuality in, in what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I have dice I haven't even used. Yes, I also have those, and they are yelling at me because I don't plan on using dice. Uh, You're in a digital role. Uh, I'm actually going to. I, I've adapted a new strategy, and I think that it will work out the best. Uh, I'm actually uh, I'm pre-rolling, so I'm gonna have all the I'm gonna roll. Oh God! I'm gonna do all the rolling ahead of time, and I have it on a piece of paper. And I'm just gonna cross just off the numbers as off. I use them. Okay, so you will be the DM. Yes. And we yes. will be the no party. players are allowed to do that. Uh, I mean, I've already done it, so you can't stop so, me. It's so not fun. Um, you'll see it tomorrow, but I I've created a centerpiece that I think you will possibly get a hard on over is it a shrine to tiamat no or some not. other dragons no no dragons are involved any ah, other ki- no, there are two dragons actually any other kind of creatures that cannot enter water deep uh no just two dragons uh two dragons uh you'll see you'll, you'll like i said i think that you might get a hard on when you see it uh that's a that's a high bar for me you know i'm not like those furry tabaxi role players who get hard ons at everything yes just just <laughs> yiff and yiff their lives away <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I'm excited to play, you know, see some people uh, and, and you know, die, maybe. Who knows? I don't, you know, I don't, yeah. I mean, anything's possible. You guys could just fuck it up, so. Yeah, absolutely, right? We could uh, always a just. A fucking, you know, pack of dire wolves comes at you and you try to hug them. I mean, yeah, you know, shit can go wrong. Uh, a goat um, runs away and we spend hours chasing it. Yeah, there it is. Um, what was that? Oh, there was one time, uh, I think it was, I think it was Jussie who just ran away from the party, just just ran and kept running, even after he didn't have to anymore, and ran into the mountains and was attacked by a pack of dire wolves. And instead of running away, tried to fight them all, and they ate he, him. No, he, I think it originally started, he did get compelled somehow to run. Yeah, 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 but he didn't have to run all the way that he did. He just kept going. Then he did encounter a wolf or two, and then... Uh, yeah. And they ate him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that checks out. Yeah. Mm. Mm, good times. So... Speaking of good times, we are uh, talking. About, oh God, I got chocolate milk everywhere. We're we're on our adventure uh, scheme. You know, we're we're uh, we're trying to get through all of them. We're doing uh, a different, a, a weird one today. I personally am a huge fan of this. Uh, I- we're talking, of course, and will contain spoilers for the uh, Dragon Heist. Waterdeep. Yes, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, which um, is a play on words. I think it's fun. I. I absolutely unequivocally enjoyed the fuck out of this. I think um, I think Tomb of Annihilation is really the turning point for the writers at Wizards of the Coast. You could tell they were starting to listen to the community, were using community feedback, and Dragon Heist, in my opinion, is them continuing to show that. Um, well, of course, the writers are often different from adventure to adventure. But the editors and the team at Wizards, you know, they would have to look it over the whole thing. So, yes, yes I would agree with you. Um just, just, uh, and honestly, this is, if I, knowing what I currently know, if I were to start 
a brand new group of players, this is the adventure I would have them do, not Lost Minds of Fandelver or something really? else. Yes. The way that I, and I was, I was really trying to think of the best way to describe it. This campaign is simple, but not basic. In, in like the, the, there's nothing like you're not going to, you know, have to deal with crazy demons and shit running around trying to stomp you into the ground you're not going to have to deal with giants and such like other this is just a good introductory adventure where players have a lot of chances to role play and have a good time without it just being you hunt goblins you hunt orcs you hunt bugbears you know there's there's much more substance to it without it being overtly complex for everyone involved so this is definitely an adventure and not a campaign, right? Levels yes. one to five-ish, yes. five plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all takes place in Waterdeep. Yes, yeah. All, you, very, you don't very leave contained. the city. Yeah. Uh, you might go to some outskirt areas, depending or the, on a or couple the, missions. Or the sea, like in a mile out yeah, of the sea. Yeah, but you will not go far. You will not travel for more than like an hour at right. a time. And, and you say there's plenty of opportunities for role play. I say this adventure is mostly role play. Yes, yes, 100%. Um, completely agree. Um, I, I really enjoyed the RP options. Uh, and I think it all starts right at the, uh, right at the introduction, you know, when the DM has to decide essentially which villain and therefore which version of the game you'll play. There's really four different versions of this adventure. So yeah, exist. the DM, before you even start, you have to decide what season the adventure takes place in and subsequently who's the bad guy. Yeah. Or bad guy and season either way. Right. You Those do. two things are related. Um, yes, I think very, all very four, related. all four villains are pretty compelling. I agree. Um, they you are. If you're DMing, uh, if I'm DMing, yeah, I pick the uh, the two, the married couple. Damn um, it, that's what I was gonna pick. Okay, I'll pick. On, I've uh, literally forgotten their names. I'll pick uh, uh, Monsoon instead. Monsoon is my second choice. God damn it, we're too good at this. <laughs> um, yes, but the. The Victoro and Amalia Casalanter, Casalanter, yes, who have struck a deal with the devil, the literal devil, Liter- Lord of the okay. Hells, and could be okay. So the four villains you can pick from, right, are Xanathar, the Beholder, classic. These two losers who have struck a deal with Asmodeus. Yep. Um, Jarlaxle the Drow, who's Yar- like I think it's Jarlaxle. Jarlaxle, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Who's like every. Uh, every bard player's wet dream of a role play. He's really you know? not a villain. I don't know why they made him a villain. He's not, but he's like he's such a character. Yes, that if oh you if God. you like if you enjoyed DMing Strahd, you would love DMing that guy. Yes, hundred percent. And then Ma- Manchun, who's like just clones himself over and over again, so he's never in danger. There's a whole bunch of simulacrums running around. Right, exactly. So I think um, I think for me actually, Yarlaxel is probably the the bottom in terms of the villain I want to play. But it's close because Xanathar, I don't think that would go well um, I, for the players. I th- the thing that the reason I would never pick Xanathar is because realistically they're never going to meet Xanathar. Ah, uh, like even when I you guess. go to Xanathar's lair, your entire goal is to avoid him and disrupt what's happening without actually running into him because he'll fucking kill you. Yeah, he basically starts with "Help me get the thing." No disintegrate one of your party members help me get the thing no disintegrate the next party yeah member. <laughs> yeah whereas Yarl Axel, even if you go toe-to-toe with him and end up fighting him for some reason he'll beat the shit out of you take all your clothes take all your equipment and dump you naked in the streets so obviously that's kill you. He hates way later people. in the adventure right that's yeah. the end but, but each of those determines kind of the trajectory of the adventure sort yes. of kind of so aside from that there were two things that I very, 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 very much loved uh, in uh, the introduction. I love that they have a legal code for Waterdeep. Here's the handout. Here's the laws. Yes. That way players aren't like, what do you mean I'm getting arrested? What did I do? It's very important to set up for the players up front. This is a city of fucking laws. And if yes. you break the laws, you will get arrested. You'll try before a magistrate and punished. There is now- a specific line that says the punishments for assault arson theft and murder are severe regardless of the reason for the crime yep so there's a handout uh the code legal that you can give to your players crimes against the city crimes against citizens you know uh crimes against the gods and lords and nobles it's another one um so that's very important because the the city guard 
are an important element in this entire adventure. As you'd expect in any kind of lawful city, they are a heavy presence. Yes. And this is, make no mistake, this is an urban adventure. Yes. This takes place in a city. Everything's tight alleyways and sewers and abandoned buildings. You're not out in a cave. I mean, you might be like, a, it's a kind of cavernous in some places. You're not in the woods. You're not in the jungle. You're not in the mountains. Yep. There's people everywhere. There's urchins. There's citizenry. There's guards. There's see guys on griffins overhead. Yeah. This is a city. Yeah. A city of laws. Waterdeep's big in the laws. Because they're, if without the laws, this city wouldn't exist really the way it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I, oh, good. the other handout, what were the other handouts you can give them? Uh, uh, so there's uh, the guild list, which I thought was pretty yes. impressive. There's the factions list, which actually is very important. You are you definitely want to join up with somebody because it will help you a lot. Um, yes. And I don't know if it's a handout, but my second most favorite thing that was in the introduction is the yawning portal picture. Well, because you start in the yawning portal, which is the old Werest Serwaldo, as I like to call it, the who's who of the Forgotten Realms, all in one place at one time. Yep. And I immediately saw a couple familiar faces. I saw Drist. I saw Minsk. I saw two wizards, and I got them wrong. I thought Elminster was Mordenkainen. I thought Mordenkainen was Elminster. I fucked that up. And I spotted Xanthar. But by far, my favorite, the one that that drew my attention simply because of all of them, he was a nonfictional character. Oh, who number, number 85. Look to the far right, number 85. Oh, Matthew Mercer. Matthew Mercer. I recall now him being here. to the yawning portal. So that index is mostly for you, the DM. It's, you it's give them, fun. you give the players the yawning portal friendly faces. They get to pick a person that's like their friend of like six people early on, because the adventure starts right there in the yawning portal. Which, first of all, is the most insane foundation for a tavern ever. <laughs> it's literally a tavern built around a a well, like a hole yep. that goes down into the dungeon of the Mad Mage, where adventures are either pulled down or lifted out. Or left to die, because they went down there. And occasionally, unwanted things come out. Correct. The adventure starts. You're friends with some people in a tavern. A bar fight breaks out that you can kind of pick sides in. And also a troll comes out of the yawning portal. I love I love the tavern brawl into full-blown troll encounter. It just feels like a good way to start an adventure. It does. It feels classic in that you're, you all start in a tavern, but immediately go sideways because you're in this tavern. Yes. Imagine, like... I think if you want your adventure to be, you know, if you want your taverns to be unique, the Yawning Portal is a great model. It's like, yeah, okay, totally normal tavern, right? But at the at the nexus of the tavern is something funky. Yes. Um, you you hopefully, I say hopefully because who knows how long you guys will live. Hopefully, we'll get to a certain place in my world that has a very very fun uh, tavern. Uh, I don't know if you guys will ever make it, but I hope you do. Okay, funky tavern town. Yeah, that's my next town I'm gonna make. Um, so you start the only portal, like I said. There's a bar fight that breaks out. All that's just kind of set up because Volo is actually the person you want to talk to. Volo of um, Volo's Vol- guide to yeah. everything. Volo Thamp. He's don't... trying to make money from his book. Still, he is broke <laughs> AF currently. I do love that little thread that's continuing uh, in the adventures, and Volo is just like, I had no money because of the books. Buy my book. Yes. Yes. Um. And he's working on a new one regarding spirits <laughs> in Waterdeep, but really it's just about liquor. Well, it's it's actually about spirits, but his experience is mostly with liquor. Uh, so he sends you on to talk, basically a, a mini quest. You know, go save my friend. My friend Find is missing. Find Floon. Find Floon, who's a handsome idiot. Just, why? if you're a handsome person, is your name really Floon? That doesn't sound like a handsome well, person. Well, he's, he's like a simpleton. He's literally yeah. described as a simpleton, right? Yeah, you ever, he's gorgeous. You, ever, you read The Stand or you watched The Stand, right? So, yeah. Okay. Tom Cullen. Tom Cullen is Floon. He's like yeah. a good-looking, big, tall, blonde dummy. Yeah, but Tom Cullen actually sounds like you know a relatively attractive gentleman. M O O N. That spells Tom Cullen. You know, Derek uh, Zoolander. <laughs> so yeah, right. So Volo sends you on a little quest, which that's that's kind of how you get involved in the rest of this bullshit, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, you go try to find Floon. You go to another tavern, which there was a case of mistaken identity, more or less, and Floon and somebody else just happened to have been kidnapped. Uh, who was the guy? Brern, uh Neverember? Derent uh, Neverember? First of all, Durant. Let's talk about the last name Neverember. 
Is it never ember? Yeah. I, or is it a play on words of never remember because his dad mind fucked himself? So, so I like that. I also thought I when I first read this, I was like, never remember. Never, okay. But I think it is never ember. Now, now wait, now wait. <laughs> Something we did not mention is there is a pronunciation guide in the very front of this book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I skipped it. I skipped that, actually. I always oh, do. You skipped it. I always okay, do. Okay, we keep talking. I'm going to find... There's a lot of names, so I, I just command it. F, never remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, Renair. Oh, Renair. they don't give us a last name. No, they don't. They only give us the pronunciation for the goddamn Which is person. not helpful. <laughs> Other people, they give it to you, but not this one, because they want actually, to Yeah, they don't for a lot of them. I guess they I just assume you'll say never remember. Yeah. So, Renair, never remember. Case of mistaken identity. He and Flume get kidnapped. Never Ember is important because he's related to the guy that starts this whole adventure. Mm-hmm. He's related to the guy that hid the money of, that the whole heist is about. 500,000 gold coins called dragons. Called dragons, right? This is why we get a dragon heist. Every one of the villains, you know, the DM's chosen a villain, you're playing in a certain season, you're on this quest for Volo, you know, which is going to lead you all to these four villains looking for half a million dragons for their various nefarious purposes yeah right? yep so you know people want to kidnap uh baron what did i say baron what's his name raren i always forget i, I literally Ray- can't remember Ray- renair 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 never remember thinking hey his dad hid the money he'll fucking know where it is tough titty he does not right no idea he literally has no idea right so you just kind of accidentally get roped into this he becomes your friend but really even at that point you're still not involved in the heist no um because you like I, you'll rescue him, you'll rescue Floon from some mm-hmm. thugs, but the heist's still not even a big, big deal. When you're going to find him, there, I love the one encounter where you have to deal with the Kanku assault squad. They're just hiding in the heist, that, that, or hiding just, in the factory. Yeah, in the, in the warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, they just they remind me of the Squirtle Squad, and it's cool. And, and they only say like three things. Yeah, uh, and and uh, Renair is hiding in like a pickling room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it exactly. just smells awful. But somehow you hear him breathing, and the Kenku did not hear him. <laughs> exactly, they're too busy. So you rescue Flo- or you rescue Renair, and that leads you into a tunnel to go find um, Floon. Yes, who is uh, currently being about to be tortured, about to be tortured, right, by a half orc who's very excited about it. Yes, and a, a half orc has a guest, a a person that he is guarding of sorts. Well, no. Hold on, let right? me get to it. Uh, it's a Xanthar. It's a Xanathar guild hideout, right? Yeah. Uh, the half orc named Grumshar. Grumshar. Mm-hmm. He's interrogating Floon because yeah. he's just he's impressing his friend, a mind flayer. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, you go. Boom. You go through the sewers. You get to the hideout to rescue Floon. You find a mind flayer. Yeah. With and it. you're like level one. The mind flayer has a pet intellect devourer. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, which is described as a brain with legs. Yes, <laughs> which, which is disturbing imagery, of course. So you get through this whole thing. Fortunately, the mind flayer has literally zero interest in dealing with you at all. He yeah, just it, like pieces the fuck out. And and if you try to get in its way, he dominates you and tells you to go fight your friends. Yep, he literally couldn't give a fuck. Yep, which is super fortunate, right? Because if you chose to fight a mind flayer at You're this dead. point, You're dead. you would be dead. You're dead. You're dead. No right? Fun. You're dead. So you save Floon, kill the. Uh, half orc, whatever. There it is. That's the challenge. Make a level one character that can fight a mind player. Yeah, right. Impossible. <laughs> uh, you take Floon back to Volo. I don't want to go piece by piece through this, but I wanted to get through this part because Volo is broke as fuck, right? He can't pay you the money he's going to pay mm-hmm. you. So he has an alternative reward. He gives you a haunted tavern. <laughs> yes. Yes. And okay. So I think, you know, Troll Skull Alley is great for a number of reasons. Um, I love that they give you a home base because that provides roots for the team and makes you feel like you're a part of the community and tied to this world. Also, the fucking poltergeist inside is my favorite mechanic of this entire adventure. Absolutely. So Trollskull Alley is an area with a bunch of different shops and players. Volo has a deed to this place because he was going to talk to the poltergeist that lives here. But he doesn't tell you about book. the poltergeist. <laughs> He's, but he's like, I'm broke as fuck. Here's the deed to this. Do what you will with it. So your players could just go ape shit sideways 
turning this into a functioning tavern. 100%. Right. They give you the cost of running it. Yes. And you get to roll to see how well you do every 10 days. And obviously there's a ghost here. So you have basically two options of dealing with it. One, appeasing it as you do, or two, fighting it, which is a possibility, but you know, it can it can flee. It's incorporeal. It can leave. So like, it's, they say specifically, if you're going to destroy it, that once it gets bloodied or taken to half health, it goes to the attic, and if you follow it up there and fight, it will fight to the death. Yeah, but even then, like, it's still not ideal, right, to fight a specter. Like, it uses specter stats. Yeah, so I wouldn't do it because it does actually hurt you it just breaks it just, stuff. It just yeah, it breaks plates and tables and shit. But the way to appease it is to fix the place up. I love that, right? And Appeasing Lyft. Lyft is the go. L I F is the go. Yes. And if you fix it, he'll like, you know, he'll sweep up for you. He'll pull he'll pour some drinks for you, he'll take coats for you. Can you imagine, right? You're running yes. a bar and you have a ghost servant who just like brings people their food? Very literally. It was all I could think about while I was reading this. I'm like, I want this. I want to make this. I love it. I absolutely love it. I would spend an entire D and D campaign just running this bar. It'd be right, a that could. That's an easy, easy D and D game, like of just tavern upkeep, making the funky characters that come in, dealing with their bullshit. Like it's like an episode of Cheers. Yeah. But but D and D. Yeah, D and D Cheers. I love it. So you could. I, I wanted to talk about this because I love this as a. First of all, it's a f- great reward, right, for players. But second of all, it's an insane reward for first-level players. Yes. They have nothing. But well, now they, they have a rundown tavern. at this point, but still, yes. Uh, yeah, 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 second yes. level. But he has no money to give them, right? Uh, I think Renair would give them a little bit of money, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. They don't have much money. But so, like, um, The best way for them to have gotten money at this point, uh, or, or when they get to this point, is to have joined the Zentarium and taken out a loan. That's the best way to have a lot of money at this point in the game. So I could easily take out a loan and spend session after session in Trollskull Alley until you get to the next part, which is terrorism. Yes. So so chapter two, in my opinion, would be great for like two or three straight RP sessions. They yeah. fix up the tavern, get it open. And they have all these interactions too in chapter two. There's uh, there's one, the Rakshasa P.I. Jesus Christ, right? Love it. Just a Rakshasa in disguise that doesn't actually, it enjoys the city and it enjoys people and it doesn't want to just kill everyone. So it's happy to go gather information. Casual, ultimate, evil, you know, backwards hand cat man. Oh my God. And the name of the place is the Tiger's Eye. It's fucking right. beautiful. It's the eye of the tiger. It's oh a Rakshasa my God, I love saw. that. Um, and he can be bribed to find out basically, or pay really pay, to find yeah, out he's, anything. He's a PI. 50 anything. gold pieces, and he will find out anything you want in the town. Any secret you need, it might be fifty gold plus something else, but he can find he can figure it out. And because he is a rakshasa, he will do it. It's not hard for him. He doesn't actually care. He's evil. He'll fuck things up. Yeah. Well, then he can you know magic his way into pretty much anything. So he is he is a huge resource. So like I would if you if you did an RP session around the tavern. The players need to encounter him, right? Yes. Because he'll be very valuable later. Oh, man. So there's a bunch of stuff in Trollskull Alley. Um, um, also in Chapter 2, that's when the factions start recruiting you to join them. Yes. And I, I, again, the factions are way more important in this adventure than in pre- previous that ones. Pre- 100% absolutely agree. Previous ones, they were kind of like, ah, yeah, cool. Maybe it's a into this guy or gives you some info here or there. No, no, no. You need to be part of a faction for this adventure because yes. you're going to run up against a problem. Who knows? Maybe you get arrested and your your faction helps you out, you mm-hmm. know that kind which, of stuff. Which faction would you join? Whatever gets me in good with um, um, what's her name, Silverhand. Oh, the Lord's Alliance. Yeah, okay. Lord's Alliance. Thank you. I would join the Emerald Enclave or the Zentarium. I wouldn't join the Zentarium. I would. Yeah, I want to be. Uh, I want that loan money because I got to fix up my tavern. <laughs> yeah, right. You definitely. Oh, I just, I just tabbed away from the goddamn adventure. Um, Laryl Silverhand, huge, right? Yeah, huge the, to have her on your side. Open lord of the city. Yeah, absolutely huge to have on your side. So you're making friends. You're living in your alleyway. Bam! Explosion in the alleyway. Now you're in it. Do 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 do. Fireball. Exactly. Literally, an explosion out. This is why you want to spend time getting to know the alleyway people, because people die in this explosion. Yes. yes. Like like 11 people, just yes. citizenry, you, dead. You absolutely want your players to be involved in city going-ons and have made connections and friends and such, because one of them might be dead right now. Yeah, um, probably not. You know, they're, just, they're like random halfling yeah. dancers and like oh. people. 
come on, you and I both know how D&D works. Your party will make friends with the most random of people. That's true. And they will become the most important people in the game. And even so, like, there's an explosion. It lists the victims. You can just substitute those with yeah. whoever you want. Nom Nom was there and got blown up. <gasps> no. Exactly. <laughs> Emotions, man. Emotions. Emotions. So, you know, explosion. This is how you get in the adventure, because there was a gnome carrying the craziest magic item I love it. The craziest magic item. I love Which, it. You still don't get to it. You still don't get to have it, but we'll talk about it. Um, the stone of Gol- Golol. Golnor. Golnor. I believe. Yeah. Hold on. Stone. Stone of Golor. Golor. Right? Okay. A, a rock gnome thief who happened to have stolen it from somebody has this. This is the key to finding Lord Never Ember's 500,000 golden dragons. And you as the DM know what this stone is already. And you know where the dragons are as well already. Like, oh my god. It, it, the stone is actually an ablith, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. That turned itself into a stone and holds the old lord, right? It, it, has, his, it has his memories. Yeah. Yeah. He, he never remember, kind of made this rock and had his memories. And anybody who worked on hiding the gold, their memories are erased and stored in this thing. Yeah. Right? And this thing can... You can attune to it and do some cool shit with it, but it's basically a sentient creature an alien brain and a rock yep and that's the key just in case somehow the players get a hold of it too soon it's sentient it can choose not to help them or give them the information well and it's like the one ring it's it will actively fight against them and try to fall into the hands of somebody else yeah uh until they properly earn you know getting the stone of galore yeah so chapter three starts with a very heavy investigation you've got to figure out a, what happened, and B, who all's involved. And it gives the characters a real chance to flex their skills instead of their muscles. Absolutely, um, because you have to do investigation, persuasion, you know, all these things. A lot of to... stealth checks, sleight of hand checks. You know, the rogue has a chance to work in the city. Uh, and uh, eventually find out, <clears throat> first of all, who the people, who the gnome was, who the people chasing the gnome was, and then who cast the fireball, right? Uh, uh, you might even get a necklace of fireballs. Yeah, with two shots left. But, but still. if you don't tell the guard about it or give it to them, you will get arrested for uh, impeding a, an investigation. Only if they find out. Yeah, exactly. Which right. the little kid, I guarantee you, will tell them. Fuck that little kid. Okay. Got to kill the kid and hide the body. No. Uh, you can give the body to the guy who cu- cuts up the bodies. There it is. <laughs> See, I knew you were Zentrum material. Yeah. Um, so eventually you find your way to uh, discover that. What are they called? What are the, what are the contract? A oh, nimble right. Yes. Which is like a little construct was responsible for this. No. Or or like he, he's, he has the, he had the, ge- what did he do? He had the gem. N- n- no. Nim made another nimble right a right. la bride of frankenstein and that nimble right is responsible that's what i yeah yeah i didn't i didn't say nim yet okay I'm not on nim you find a nimble right who's responsible oh you don't find it actually you learn about it yeah, you have yeah, to go find nim oh my god it's so complicated yeah no you find out that some sort of muppet or something was involved that's all the that muppets and that leads you to the uh the temple where nim the nimble right is staying you get hit by one of his contraptions. Clockwork he flees because he feels real bad about it. And oh, I love that entire thing. It's just and, so much. You fun. know, basically, the clerics help you go upstairs, like, Nim, what'd you do? And Nim's like, Nim can't talk, but Nim can sign. So yeah, he's just like, Meh. it basically says, I made another one of me, to which the clerics are very disappointed. And they're like, no, you you're grounded, and you get a stick from him that lets you detect other nimble rights. <laughs> yeah, it's a, the it's like a little like fucked up umbrella, and the it's top just starts swirling yeah. whenever you're, you're within 500 feet of another nimble right. Weirdest looking stick in the world. So you have to use that basically to hunt down the nimble right. So um, either so you might succeed. It may take days for you to try, which is crazy. And you may succeed, you may not. But I, one of the tough parts about it is that there's more than just the the other nimble right in town. There are four. On ships at the docks. Distractions. Yep. So you might, that's when you first might run to Yarl Axel. Well, you might have run to Yarl at the docks before. Uh, I forget how, but there was another way. There was another way you could have already run into him. Okay. Um, But yes, from there, 
<clears throat> hopefully you find the nimble right or you use your faction people or whatever to end up at the villa right so so there's a whole lot of investigation and and negotiations and a whole lot of stuff um you might go back to rainer you know you get to you possibly track down the other nimble right which is currently in the villa maybe you go talk to the city guard but yeah you you'll probably talk to the guard but all of this leads to the Gralhund villa yeah um because of two reasons one that's where the nimble right in question is and you find out that that's where the guy that took the stone went to went after the explosion he escaped he made it out and he went there so the uh main villain you chose kind of determines the mission of lady Growlhund, who kind of sent the assassin to get the stone right yep so it could be different things going on there um yes you have obviously a huge encounter will happen but you actually kind of have to be somewhat careful about it because if you just kick in the door and start killing people you're going to get arrested for murder yes but the eventual inevitable consequence is that the stone gets taken somewhere else again yes yeah like it just it just keeps it just keeps falling out of your hands over and over again yeah i i would have it where as soon as you walk into the villa your fucking nimble right detector starts whirling but then as you guys are advancing through it it would stop whirling meaning the creature has disappeared right exactly letting them know that you fucked up that's probably good so uh more or less from here so uh, now there's there's probably gonna be a little downtime between this and what happens next uh you might be obviously getting arrested um, if you're part of the Zentarim, then they're probably all getting rounded up by the City Watch because the guards think they have something to do with this. There's a whole lot of, uh, no, again, chances for the players to collect themselves and get ready for Chapter 4, which is essentially the finale of this. So you you get you hunt down the Nimble right? Who has a map, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, they, they have a map, and that map gives some indication whether it's a name or an X on a location of where they took the stone. So I think that's a little on the nose, the map, but it's, you know, how else are you going to fucking do it? Yeah. So you yeah that will, again, that'll be a different location depending on where you go, but or depending on who the villain is. Essentially, no matter what villain you picked, it sets the season where you're doing it, mm-hmm. but then essentially it leads into, like, a day full of, like chase encounters yes oh my god it's i i love 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 how they set it up with the encounter chain system i think that's so incredibly helpful instead of just saying like a like a pick your adventure book like oh you got to here go to this section oh you got to here go to this section it just lays it out so that way you can plan ahead as a dm some of them overlap with other seasons obviously different seasons have different effects like if it's hot players have to have water if it's if it's autumn, there's a, a wind that makes shooting arrows hard. Wind and fog. There's um, cold. Oh, yeah. The spring, the spring has the rain and the fog. Yeah. So there's a bunch of different um, chase encounters, more or less. Some on the rooftops, some in the alleyways, some like uh, uh, on the on the docks, the mist shore, uh, all of which, can, you know, are, are chasing and, and fighting and whatever. Oh, my God. There's so much fun. Like, no one encounter is going to kill you, ever. No, um, not really. They're, they're Usually all the, fairly doable. Maybe, well, yeah, maybe you but, fight kobolds or bugbears or whatever. Yeah, but you have to do, like, eight in a row. And, <laughs> oh, my God. They're, they're fun. They're really just a lot. I love the way this is set up. I feel like anyone playing would have a lot of fun. Yeah, so, for example, Summer Encounter Chain. Let's go to Summer Encounter Chain. Um, you go from the Mausoleum Encounter, right, to the wind, Windmill Encounter, to the rooftop chase encounter, to the alley encounter, to the street chase encounter, to the cellar complex encounter, and then to the courthouse encounter, and then to the old tower encounter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all, all that in a row, with the old tower being the location um, more or less that the stone ends up at. Yes. Or the stone, the stone is pointing you towards because the treasure is supposed to be there. So it's important to note that chapter four could potentially again the encounter chain is supposed to take place over the course of a day but it might take longer you know 
Yeah. Um, especially if uh, the party decides that uh, villains need to be investigated further and you might end up going to one of their lairs, which we'll get to in chapters five through eight. And I like that they separated out the villains from the story simply because you might not go to their lair at all and it does not hurt the story. Yes. Uh, but you do lose out on some like motivating information, yes. right? If you yeah. don't go to their lair. I do have a problem, of course, with some of the chain encounters have a fixed outcome or encounter chain stuff, which is like, if you do this, they get arrested. Boop -a -doop -a -doop -a -doop -a -doop. Mm -hmm. Like that, you know, play cue curb your enthusiasm music. Um, so it, it's necessary though, right? Yeah. Because for example, with the summer one, if you don't have the players get arrested and you don't have the stone fall back into the hands of the bad guys and you don't have the bad guys fall through on their plan, you're missing out on such a cool event. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Any, any, you know, um, railroading is first to reason. Yeah. And there's a little bit of that here. Excuse I me. mean, oh, but it's still so much fun. Now, even if somehow your players end up with the stone, right? It'll try to fight them saying, oh, no, no, I don't want to be here. Or they've earned it. Even if they know where the vault is, it doesn't mean they can access the vault and just take the money. Yes. They need the three dragon keys. First, yeah. First, you have to get some fucking keys, right? Um, Which, all, again, all are in Waterdeep. All in Waterdeep and... The other th another thing I love, just to make it more interesting, is each key. There, there's different sets of keys. There's six sets uh, of three sets of six keys, and you roll to see which one you get. Again, just to make it different every time you play this adventure. Right, and the descriptions for each of the keys um, and what you can do to get those keys. Now, some of them they're are not very... literal keys. No, no, they're metaphorical. You need to have this on your person to try to enter the vault. Yeah. Um, uh, and some are straightforward, like an adamant adamantine bar is just a 10-pound bar of adamantine for 1,000 gold pieces. Um, others are a bit more difficult, uh, like a, the drunken elf. You need an elf that is poisoned from drinking alcohol. Or a beardless dwarf. Yeah. You need a shaven dwarf. Yeah. Um, a, a painting of a dwarf miner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just like just the weirdest things you have to perform the song your beardy face classic who doesn't know your beardy face right <laughs> a duet performed by bagpipers so you have to right. hopefully have two bards or have two so even when you even when you discover the vault you're like i need three keys you find out what the keys are getting the keys is an, a session in itself uh, in my opinion this is where you'll probably run into your villains because yes. a lot of the keys are at their estates like uh the performance of your beardy face there's a glass jar in the castle Antra villa that plays the song when it's uncorked a Perfect. beholder i sock one of the bad guys is a beholder there it is um so yeah you'll probably run into your villains because even if you even if you somehow skip them again and got in there there's a goddamn dragon in there <laughs> yes now i think my favorite part about the gold dragon that guards the way is that you can negotiate and talk to it. Yeah, it's a gold dragon. It's not evil. It's not evil. It is greedy and beholden to a deal that it made, but it can be reasoned with slash maybe even tricked. And as you should, right? Because it's an adult gold dragon. Yeah. If you fight it, okay. you are dead. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're level four... Uh, at this point, maybe five if the DM's going through it quickly. Um, it's a challenge rating eight. You're probably dead because you're going to be what? bottlenecked a bit. Um, what? Uh, what? Uh, Aranax, the adult gold dragon? Oh, oh, I'm thinking of the bronze one earlier in the game. Yeah, no. Yeah. There's a challenge rating 17 yeah, gold no. dragon. There's a challenge rating eight dragon, a bronze, I think, earlier in the game. Uh, yeah, but you, you encounter him. He looks like a dwarf. You are supposed to, like, chat yeah. Right, your way through this peaceful resolution, because um, he's he's patient. He's been here for a long time. He doesn't fucking care. But in likelihood, you're not going to come here by yourselves. You're going to come here with your villains, or they're going to get here without you. Yes, they will get here, kind of like um, in Escape from the Underdark when uh, the Drow just suddenly meets you as you're leaving. Same idea. If you somehow get into the vault without an issue and come to come out of it. There's people going to be waiting for you. Right. So as characters leave the vault with throw out the gold, confronted by hostile forces, either cultists or 
bugbears and a gazer or gunslingers or swashbucklers and thugs. Like, it could be anything. Uh, but from here, I really want to talk about what everybody wanted to use the gold for mm-hmm. and kind of what, you, what, you're, what you're thwarting, right, by stopping okay. this. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Um, first of all, the castle lanterns, right, because they're our favorite. They want to use the money to use a, a clause in their deal with Asmodeus to break themselves free of their contract with him. One gold piece shy of one million gold pieces and one soul shy of 1,000. 100. Is it just 100? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was 1,000. 100 souls in exchange for the two souls of their kids that they didn't have trade yet, but they did lose their one son who is a devil they keep in the attic. So it's really fucked up, right? Because they, they made a deal with the devil to try and like, oh, we want to be great again. So the devil says, yeah, when your kids turn nine, I get both their souls, your twin kids. And they were like, cool, no problem. But now the kids are about to turn nine. Like, oh, shit, this is bad. And you think to yourself like, oh, well, I totally understand their motivation. Oh, they want to steal the money? Fine. But then you realize, oh, they have to kill 99 people. I love the way they're going to do it, too. They're going to poison a feast. Fancy dinner party deaths. Kill and everybody. Then- they're going to toss them in a fiery hole to get rid of all the evidence. So, you know, I think their story, their motivation is really great mm-hmm. um, because it's it's got that kind of great balance of like, oh, well, you know, I don't want these two innocent nine-year-olds to die, but I don't want 99 people to die, right? So how do you, like, how do you balance that as the players? Um, Jarl Axel, he wants the money because he basically wants to buy his way into being the um, the hidden lord, right? Yeah, I think so. He wants to buy his way into the Lord's council. Yeah. he That's it. That's what he wants. It's, yep. it's, it's simple. It's straightforward. No, no, no problem. No problem there. Um, Zen, Zenithar, right? Hold on. I navigated away from my thing again. Uh, well, I lost my notes. You take over. Okay, well, I was going to talk about something else, so now I'll oh, go, no, go back ahead. to that section. Um, I was going to just, as soon as you were done, I was ready to move on to Chapter 5, so I had that pulled up. Uh, <laughs> uh, so give me a second to go back to the villains and their thoughts, hopes, and dreams. Because I was about to move on to chapter Chapters 5 through 8. Oh, okay. I mean... We can do that, I guess, if you wanted just, to. Just briefly, I just want to talk because they're all very optional. I guess five through nine, because I think nine is Volo, who just, by the way, if you have money, Volo's going to ask you for 5,000 gold pieces to fund his next expedition. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, basically, Xanathar is paranoid. And yes. he just wants the money to make sure that nobody else has the money. Um, That's more or less like his motivations are purely selfish mm-hmm. i don't want anybody else to have a foothold in this crime syndicate that i run right um manshun very much like jarl axel wants to buy his way into ruling the city he wants yeah. to be involved in the politics of, of Waterdeep, and he's going to use five hundred thousand dragons for that indeed um yeah no there there's just and, and there's so many fun things in else chapter four we talked a bit about it but jarl axel just bouncing around the city as different people trying to convince you like he shows up as uh yeah what what's the open lord's name is is Laryl Silverhand is, oh god yeah Laryl Silverhand um and he shows up as her and says hey guys trust me I'm the open lord do what I say and then you go somewhere and he's somebody else and says oh yeah I know I know Laryl she, you can totally trust Laryl I'm like that's fucking brilliant that's just so much fucking fun well and even when you encounter him as the RL Axel he says hey I'll pay you to go get the money for me yeah and we'll um, honor that deal. So I love that. Uh, also in chapter four, you might run into Xanathar's uh, mechanical beholder light show that he wants to just have floating over the town to tell everyone, don't fuck with this place because I'm here. Xanathar is oh, crazy. So much fun. Um, so each of the, we were running out of time, but each of the um, five through eight, chapter five through eight, right? Yeah. is like the layers of the different villains. Mm-hmm. And it's, it does feel bad, man, because, again, you might not end up at these places. But that's okay. As long as you go... Chapter they're cool six, places. Section C-15, there's a giant mimic. Chapter it, 6 would be the hell of a summer. That is the, the cult of Asmodeus, yes. the Castellanter yes. people. Their giant table, their, their giant dining table, is a giant mimic. Challenge rating 3, 
get fucked. <laughs> Love it. It's only challenge rating three. Yeah, I think a mimic's only challenge rating two by itself, right? Or one. Uh, challenge rating three. I guess it's just a. It has these some changes. It is large and has more hit points. It can make two attacks and one bite in challenge rating three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, it's just a normal. Oh yeah, so it's just a giant mimic. Normal. Yeah, giant mimic. Banquet hall. The only piece of furniture is a long wooden table. It happens to be a giant mimic in disguise. Yep, love it. Love it. Love Classic. It. Their villa goes into a temple to Asmodeus beneath the ground. Right. Yeah. Kind of insane. The Xanathar's hideout is like a it's like a beholder lair. Yeah. Dungeon, more or less. And the best part is you you don't want you never fight him. So all you do is disrupt his shit to make him so mad that he starts killing his minions. Yeah, you basically if you make him paranoid, or this is the better part. This is the better plan, right? You threaten his fish. Yeah. He's very protective of his fish. Xanathar is overly protective of his fish. All you have to do is basically grab the fish and threaten it. And if you succeed in a charisma check, you win. Uh-huh. You win. If you fail that charisma check, he disintegrates you. Yes. <laughs> so you get your you get your most intimidating or persuasive character. Grab the fishbowl. You say, you you help us or the fish gets it. And you got this. You're done. There it is. Yarlaxle, he's crazy, but his lair is boats. But that's not the most important part. Uh, I think this is what I'm thinking of with a bronze dragon that lives under the boats. Yes, but that's not the most important part either. His submarine? He has a submarine! A- an apparatus of qualish, but in his own design? He has the Scarlet Marpanoff. Yes. Which is a submarine in the shape of like a manta ray and at one point the dragon just wants you to investigate it because he just wants to know what the fuck's going on with it uh and that's like his escape submarine more or less it's so every villain has to have an escape submarine that's just but it's rule, huge right? it's fucking huge oh my god it's so fun it's like 65 feet long yeah it's a full-size submarine hiding beneath the goddamn boat yep uh and again yarl axel doesn't really want to kill you no interest he, in it he'll tell you hey listen Help me get the money. I'll give you 5,000 gold pieces, mm-hmm. which obviously is a fraction of the money there. It's 1% of it. But he will keep his word. He'll be like, here you go. Yep. Here's 5,000 gold when you help me acquire the money. Exactly. He legitimately, he might he might be legitimately the best one to to encounter. I think, and I think uh, if you look, um, all the other villains are evil. He's chaotic neutral. Well, he so is. He's not actually out to just kill and plunder and whatnot. He is. You know, just a free spirit. So, whereas Manshoon, your last oh one, he God. lives in some abandoned, looking abandoned looking wizards' towers with invisible force fields. Yeah, and I think them. it has like an extra dimensional space or two in it. Too. There's it's invisible crazy. staircases as well, like you have no idea where you're going. But even if you encounter him, he might tell you, "Oh yeah, go get, help me get the gold. I'll give you fifty thousand gold." Mm-hmm. But he will actually betray you and kill you at yes. the end. So yes. he has which no intention. Which he of totally doing can do. That. Yeah, he has an extra dimensional sanctum, right? Yeah. Um, created by the actual Manshoon, because this one is a clone. Yeah, this is, and that clone makes other clones. Correct. You will never fight the real Manshoon. Who knows where he is? Yeah, this is just, you clone after clone after clone, simulacrum after simulacrum. He's right? like the Ring of Winter. Oh, well. Who knows where it is? Who knows? Who knows where it is, right? So all these layers are actually really, really great, but you might not encounter them. Really, the adventure is concluded going back to the Vault of the Dragons, opening it up. Getting yes. the money and dealing yes. with the and money. deciding what happens with the money. Yes, um, but and chapter nine as a DM was my favorite chapter because you get to just be Volo taking the team on a tour of the city. Yes, it's just a whole chapter of here's some stuff in the city. Oh here's my the God. legal code. Here's the taxes. Here's the wards. Here's the whatever. I think it'd be so much fun to role play Volo for an entire session, just lead the group around town. Yeah, this is easily like set. You know, session one, Volo helps you rescue Floon, right? Yeah. He gives you a tavern. Session two starts with this, right? He's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, here I'll show you everything around town. Also, here's your tavern, and then you go from there. Yeah, I think it'd be really, really fun. So, like I said, I l- I really enjoy this adventure for a first time group. Um, you know, for advent for experienced adventurers, you know, it'd still be a lot of fun because it's very RP heavy, but uh there are other adventures that a more experienced team can go through. Well, and this this stretches five levels out really far. Yeah. Like I this a lot of really fills that really packs it in. Yeah. Which is good. Good for early for early players, right? Who maybe want to like get involved in something, really feel like they're part of something. Exactly. 
Excuse me. And you, the, so the reason that a lot of this is happening is because you can just go straight from this into the Dungeon of the Mad Mage or really any other adventure. It really, and the Dungeon of the Mad Mage is the easiest, right? Because all you do is you go back to the Awning Portal and jump in the fucking and hole. And you jump in the hole. And then which you is, grind your way to level 20. Uh, which is insane. Who's, what's the, who's that um, mage? Oh, that's what's there? the mage that's down there? I don't remember his name off the uh, top of my head. Who is the Mad Mage? Uh, fuck. Brain fart. Huge brain fart. He wasn't always crazy. His name uh, is... It's not going to come to me. Hollister. Hollister. Thank you. Hollister Blackcloak? Something like that. There are 23 levels to the fucking Mad Mage's dungeon. Right. This le- this adventure goes from levels 1 to 5. Dungeon the Mad Mage, I think, goes from 5 to 20. 5 to 20. I think, yeah. So... <laughs> This this is a role play adventure. That's a dungeon crawl. Yes, campaign. You, you are grinding yeah. in the Undermountain. That's deadly, right? The, the the king of the Undermountain, whatever it's called, crazy. Oh man. So I think this would be a super fun adventure. I agree with you. Great for early players. Stretches five levels out. If you if you have players who like this kind of shit, right? Who don't want to just hack and slash their way through it, do this. I honestly, I would go from this. I would do this first and take this these characters right into Tomb of Annihilation. I think it's a great segue. Oh, yeah, that's actually pretty good. Because you'll just start two at level one. You can start at a higher level. And, exactly. And like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty good. That's a good idea. And then Cut. maybe do Tomb of Annihilation into Dungeon of the Mad Mage, where you can just grind your ass off. Yeah. Well, uh, I would rate this pretty highly. I think this would be kind of cool. 100% so. agree. All right. Uh, next episode, in theory, will be Dungeon of the Mad Mage. It's going to be a tough read, but we will. It may, and I think it might take two sessions to cover because there's a lot to fucking yeah, that, cover. I know. We try to avoid doing the step-by-step, piece-by-piece thing with these reviews. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do the next one. So it's it should... I mean, we literally will be going level by level. Yeah, I don't know. On our, on our way down. So we'll see how it goes. We'll try. All right, people. Make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. Uh, it works on Google Podcasts again. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Feel free to send us topics that you want to hear about or your D&D rants at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we will see you next time. Till then. Goodbye.